This is Authentic. Hey, welcome to episode zero of Authentic series on the F-22. I'm Scott Chafian here with Scar Van Timmerman, F-22 pilot. Hi, Scar. Hey, Scott. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. And why are we here today? Well, this is episode zero of Authentic series on the F-22, the world's premier air superiority fighter. And we're here to tease you on what you're going to get coming in the future with Authentic's product. Before we get started, though, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Scott Chafian. I'm a retired naval officer, spent half my career driving Aegis ships, doing air warfare, strike, anti-submarine, all that good stuff, and then decided to get into the expeditionary anti-terrorism realm. And along the way, I picked up a master's degree in military history, oral history, and got designated as an Army and Navy historian. So that's what I'm bringing to the fight today. But also with me is Andrew Scar Van Timmerman, an F-22 Raptor pilot. Scar, let's hear about you. Yeah, thanks, Scott. Yeah, Scar is my background. Went to the Air Force Academy, uh, graduated out of there, was fortunate enough to go straight to pilot training out of out of the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Was fortunate out of pilot training to do well enough to get Raptors straight out of my uh, schoolhouse. Went down to Florida and trained there, and then bounced around to a handful of states between New Mexico, Florida, Virginia, all around the world flying the jet. Uh, I am a unashamed air dominance guy who cares deeply about the air domain and how we integrate things together to include the Raptor in creating problems for our adversaries. And so I'm super excited to be here. The Raptor is a critical part of our air superiority calculus for the DOD as well as our allies and partners. And so I can't wait to talk more about it. Yeah, well, I'm excited and I'm even more excited about how excited you are. Uh, I think this is going to be a this would be a great trip. And, you know, I'll just be upfront. You know, as I said, a Navy guy, uh, pretty strong parochial background in the Navy and fleet air defense and everything that goes into that. And if you know your Navy and Air Force history, we don't always work and play well together. And I will just say I had the opportunity in 2000, I think it was about five or six to go up to Langley and get an in-person tour and walked in a little bit skeptical and you know, even a little bad blood when the, the Air Force officer giving the tour mentioned, you know how you can tell the difference between being at Langley and being at Norfolk across the river. All the Air Force buildings are the same color. Right. And then and then I walk into the hangar and it looks like a NASCAR like or it looks like a Formula One. Crew, <laughs> right. Like everything is perfect. Everything is labeled. And don't get me wrong. God bless our Navy aviation guys. But you walk into a Navy hangar, and it looks like what you think a NASCAR hangar is going to look like, like <laughs> a bunch of good Americans out there working on on their cars. Right. And, I, you know, I was just like, oh, look at these Gucci guys and all right, whatever. By the end of an hour with that F-22, I was like, this is the sexiest thing on Earth. And we need I, I, we need to buy however many the Air Force says times two. So I'm hoping on this podcast we can give people that experience. Oh, 100%, Scott. It is an awe-inspiring aircraft. The engineering that was conducted in the late 70s and 80s that turned into something that's still flying today and instills fear in the hearts of our enemies uh, is truly amazing. Yeah. And so I, I can't wait to share with everybody listening You know what it has been up to, what it will continue to do. Uh, it really is an amazing airplane. 
All right. And, you know, to your point, it, we should probably point out it doesn't get the press. You know, we just came out of 20 years of a counterinsurgency war. And, you know, there's some, I, I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point when we talk about development and buy numbers. But, uh, you know, air to air and air dominance wasn't really sexy. It's not what was talked about. But this is the preeminent air superiority fighter in the world that the world's ever known, right? That's exactly right, Scott. It is it, between the, the various capabilities that all got brought under one roof, whether it be super cruise, integrated avionics, stealth, high maneuverability. It was designed for a singular purpose, and that is to be the deadliest thing in the air for other air assets. It is, and we'll get into this later in later episodes, it is 100% not your air-to-ground fighter. That's what an A-10 for, is for, or other <laughs> assets are, are for, right. uh, but then you don't use an A-10 for air superiority either. And so right. it is amazing at what it's supposed to do, and it's not the best at what it's not supposed to do, and it's unashamed at that. It doesn't care that it's not good at those other missions because it is extremely optimized and, like you said, the best at what it was designed to do. That's awesome. Well. And I will say uh, we are recording this uh, mere days after uh, I, I don't think it's the F-22's first kill. Right. Because have they have they got it, it, is. it is. I thought they'd gotten some it, UAVs at th- some point. But no, this is this is the first air to air kill in anger by <laughs> an F-22. Uh, we have to myself included have dropped bombs in various AORs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as far as leveraging the full air to air capability of the jet to take down another airborne asset, that was it. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to the the two seven, the fighting Eagles out of Langley Air Force yep. Base, Virginia. They are balloon busters once again, <laughs> hearkening back to That's World right. War One. And so can't wait to talk about it. Yeah. And I think we will end up talking about that later in the series. Uh, For those of you who uh, are going to be listening to this later in life, uh, because we aim to be generating timeless, authentic material, uh, we're talking about the F-22 shooting down a Chinese balloon with payload to be undetermined just off the coast of uh, the Carolinas here. And I think we will get into that. But you could go some places and you can hear... A story about that or you can hear talking about that what we're going to talk about is as we build this series out are the whys the hows the f-22 was developed and how it was built why it was procured in the way it was why it does what it does how it does and part of that will play into you know what if we didn't have the f-22 to do this you know it and but without further ado uh why don't we just jump into a little sneak peek about what we're going to talk about and we're calling it a season right now, but it's sort of going to be an open-ended event or evolution, if you will, because we're going to give you the the story on the F-22 over several episodes, but we're not going to close the book when that's all done because the F-22 is a far, far way away uh, from sunsetting. So we're just going to keep it going. But with that, with that being said, first episode you hear after this one, we're going to start talking about the background of air superiority the mission of the F-22 and its predecessors at SCAR. Why don't you just give us a a thumbnail on that? Yeah, so the F-22 was initially, the the very seedlings of what became the F-22 program were actually planted in the 1970s, if you can believe that. This is way back even while F-4s were still roaming the skies. And, And so we decided that we needed to get a 
a greater capability in the air. And we'll dive a little bit more into maybe how it started as an air-to-ground platform, but then transitioned to an air-to-air platform. Um, and it was as we rounded out the design requirements of the vehicle, we needed to ensure we had air superiority against the leading threats that at that time the Soviet Union were putting up. And so what was the other asset that was out there as an air superiority fighter was the F-15A at the time, which became the F-15C. And it did not have a lot of the characteristics that the Raptor has principally would be stealth. And so what we brought forth with the Raptor were a whole host of stealth capabilities in avionics upgrades to facilitate that increasing capable, increasingly capable air superiority uh, asset. And so for those who are curious about the definition of air superiority, air superiority is where the adversary cannot provide prohibitive interference. So it doesn't mean zero interference, it just means prohibitive interference. So we'll get into the trades of how do you ensure prohibitive interference as we talk about this from an air, air superiority perspective. Do you need to have air superiority 24-7 or can you get windows of air superiority and then let the adversary have the airspace back? You can look all the way back to World War II where we would fly from the United Kingdom over Germany, establish limited windows of air superiority, and then we'd egress and give the entire airspace back to the Germans. But we still won the war. And so there are times where you're going to want to use an asset at some very specific locations to provide that pain and pressure in the air domain to be successful. Uh, and that's what the Raptor does. So we'll talk about the design choices, the trades, what it was good at, what it ended up, when it ends up not being good at. And that harkens all the way back to requirements. Like I said, the seeds were planted decades ago. Yeah. Context there, of course, is the Cold War, which seems so long ago now. But uh a little more unity of purpose and in defense procurement, maybe. Maybe that's just rose-colored glasses looking back. But I think something that you you said really bears repeating, which is F4s are still roaming the sky at this point. You know, but we've got the F15A, which it we'll get into it, I'm sure was a over-response, not an overreaction, but an over-response to the belief of what the MiG-25 was gonna be. And it was just a world beater when it came out. So we're talking about something that even back then was designed to to just not even be in the same realm. That was what was then the world beater. But to get there, we went through something called the ATF program. And that'll be what we talk about in a second episode is once we set those parameters, how do we get there? And what's this YF-22 thing? And what's the YF-23 thing? Scar, what's that all about? Yeah, so it was a it turned into yeah, as you alluded to the Advanced Tactical Fighter Program. There were a whole host of companies. This is back when the industrial base was bigger, right? That put in for the overall program, and the teams that were selected were the Lockheed Prime, supported with Boeing and General Dynamics, and then the other team was Northrop and McDonnell Douglas, uh, and then oh by the way, you can't have platforms without engines. Uh-huh. So Pratt and Whitney and uh, General Electric were also under contract. So it was a combination aircraft and engine development program and ultimately as you know this is hashtag spoiler alert the raptor one <laughs> and the yf-22 won out over the yf-23 even though this is also a teaser for you the yf-23 flew first and so why did the yf-22 win over the yf-23 where were its strengths and, and then weaknesses because there were certainly things the yf-23 was better at so why did that lose so we're excited to share those stories with you as well. And I think now people are thinking about the F-35 and there's discussion of what comes next. And I think this will be a really good illustration of 
compromise and decision and what you give up to what you gain. And I think a lot of times people don't think about that. They they hear the press about what something doesn't do or what something does do. And you know, there's no there's no perfect platform out there. Uh, you may argue the F-22 comes close, but you know, there's there's no perfect platform. You got to give something somewhere, right? That's exactly right. That's a, yeah. And, it's, and uh, we oftentimes bolt ever-increasing requirements <laughs> on existing platforms, right. which I'll just say, I, I would then lament and say, we create jacks of all trades who are masters at none. That's right. And that is something that the Raptor avoids, thankfully, for the most part. Right. And so uh, I think that we have many lessons to learn if we go back to the future when it comes to aircraft design and requirements. Absolutely. I think I think that's dead on. We have a horrible tendency to just keep throwing things on a platform and go, look at this. My my Swiss Army knife kept, keeps getting ever bigger. And pretty soon it's not a knife anymore. It's a it's a belt kit and then a backpack. And how useful is that? You're exactly right, Scott. I mean, everybody has maybe their favorite you know, quote, like multi-tool, yeah. right? It's not your best Phillips screwdriver. Exactly. It's not your best nail file. That's it's right. not your best pliers, but it does all those things fine. Yeah. But it's not the best at any of those That's things. Right. And, uh, you know, this is something that the Raptor is very good at. Right. It is, has one mission it's very good at. And so why did it win? Yeah. I think we're to, to take that concept we just developed here on the fly. Let's carry it through the... Th- through the series that, you know, it's great to have that multi-tool, but when you're going after the rusted screw that is SU-27 or SU-35, maybe you don't want the Gerber. Maybe you want that nice, <laughs> solid screwdriver, you know, that does one yep. thing with a Phillips head. That's right. You you want, I when I go to war, I don't want it to be a fair <laughs> fight, right? That's right. I, don't, yeah. I do not want the next conflict to be where I go with my okay multi-tool. That's right. I want to go see that screw that requires a Phillips head and have the best screwdriver screw it in Absolutely right. get out the mediocre one. Absolutely. Well then, so, so after that, we'll be talking about the F-22 as it was built. So let's talk about that screwdriver, screwdriver, if you will, pardon me. Uh, you know, and let's just sort of talk basically it's airframe and stealth. Cause that was the big game changer, right? A- absolutely. So the principal characteristics when it comes to high performance and, and stealth involve the shaping and aerodynamics of the aircraft. If you look at the Raptor, it just looks like a hot knife. Thanks for listening to this authentic snapshot. If you'd like to hear more, head over to authenticmedia.io to hear the rest of this episode and explore our authentic content.